Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. On this episode, I will introduce you to Hannah Eichley. This episode is extra special because Hannah is actually the very first occupational therapist that I've had on the show. And she's a great example of someone who is relatively new to private practice, but has really taken off. I know that you'll be as impressed as I am. As you're listening, I want you to pay special attention to anything that Hannah says that resonates with you. Maybe it's that she's an OT or that she's into pediatric feeding or that she talks about how she's been able to overcome some health challenges. Listen, because her story can become your story. Okay, let's dive in. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high-quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other, because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. So before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Sure. My name is Hannah Eichley. I'm an occupational therapist in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm the owner of Roots Pediatric Therapy. And I am so excited to have you on because you're actually also my first OT that I've had on the show. Yay, that's a big deal. I'm honored. Big deal. Well, because I, you know, my primary market, because I'm an SLP, right? My primary Mm -hmm. market has been for SLPs, but a lot of the work that I do carries over into OT. But it it feels sort of weird to be like, start your own speech therapy or occupational, you know, it just feels like kind of too much. But I'm so happy to hear that OTs are listening to the podcast and are, you know, are, interested in the same kind of stuff. So I just wanted to throw that out there, but let's talk about your early career as an OT. Like where did you go to school or what were your, you know, early, your first job like? Yeah, absolutely. So I went to undergrad at the University of Minnesota. So I lived in Minneapolis and 
was really exposed to a wide variety of people there and just a lot more opportunities than where I grew up in North Dakota. And so that really broadened my scope and made me realize that OT would be a viable career and something that could be super fun. I've always been a problem solver. My dad's an engineer, my sister's an engineer, but I've also loved the medical field because a lot of my other family members, my mom and my grandma, they were in the medical field. So I, you know, dabbled with being a pediatrician for a while. And then I got a job actually as an in-home caregiver. And I got to see what it was like to really develop a relationship with these clients because I was getting to fulfill their physical therapy plans that were written for them. And I just was like, oh, that would be fun, but I really want to be able to change it. And I'm in the home and I can see what they need. And just a few friends were into OT. So I finished undergrad studying families, and then I actually went back to North Dakota and studied at University of North Dakota and got my degree there. Again, so many different opportunities. I was always pretty busy and motivated from the start. I wouldn't say I knew I was going to go into private practice as soon as I have in my career, but it was always in the back of my head, a lot of different leadership opportunities, things like that. So then I took my first job in Arizona and I worked in the school system. And lucky me, I had 97 kids at seven schools <laughs> by myself and quickly realized that I needed to advocate for my clients and for myself. And so we brought on an angel of an OT and we were able to work together and really managed it. But um, being in the schools was never my passion. I've always been really interested in food and holistic living, things like that. I honestly was drawn to the school schedule because I was getting married. And I just knew that if I was at an outpatient clinic, I wouldn't have the time off I needed. And so after I worked in the schools and learned a lot there, because I basically had to develop the program and everything. I decided I'm going to go into the clinic setting. I really want to work with more medically complex kiddos and just really hone in my feeding skills. So then I took a job at an outpatient clinic that happened to be, you know, 40 to 60 minutes away from my house. So it was a great opportunity. Again, more leadership opportunities. We had a bigger team. I got to collaborate with SLPs, some of my favorite people. Just learned a lot from the PTs, the SLPs, also while doing feeding. But then it just felt like I really wanted to hone in and just specialize in feeding. And so a few different things happened that led me to start the business. I love it. And so, and you were traveling pretty far for that job, right? Yeah. So on that commute is when I really, I actually discovered your podcast and I thought, well, it's for SLPs, but honestly, it's a success story. And so it felt so positive. You know, sometimes as therapists, we all know it can be draining the day-to-day back-to-back clients, eight to 10 clients a day. And then if you're driving And it just gave me hope on those later nights, getting home at eight at night that, you know what, there was people with kids, without kids, 20 years of experience, one year of experience that were doing this. And it really gave me the confidence boost I needed um, to really seek out what my next step would be to take action. I love that. So it sounds like you were in your early career figuring out what you wanted to do, right? That you had this passion for feeding. And you mentioned the leadership. So I I love that you were already thinking about that and that this was, you know, had been the back of your mind about private practice. So how did you shift into private practice? Yeah. So it actually happened kind of quickly. And it's funny because a lot of your guests discuss, you know, how things fall into place. So 
I went to a feeding conference and spoke with Judy of Feeding Littles. She is amazing. I'm sure you've maybe heard of them. They have courses for babies and toddlers. She was kind of my informal mentor and was like, Hannah, you could do this and gave me that confidence. And also, you know, they have a great network of people. So that was already going to be a referral source from the start. She knew that there was this need and we needed someone to fill it. So she really helped in the beginning stages. And then actually my hairdresser, she had um, her own business for 10 years. It's funny how that happens. And she's like, Hannah, like you could do it. And I'm like, well, I have a contract that ends in July and it's March. So this was actually March of 2019. So not that long ago. And I was like, well, maybe after the next contract. And she's like, no, I think you could do it. And then I had a coworker and she comes to me in April and she goes, Hannah, the state opened up their system for more qualified vendors. Like I'm going to do it. And it was like in that moment when Mary told me that, and she started her own business now, I thought, that's it. I'm doing it. And I basically have three months to figure it out. So we talked almost every day and still talk almost every day as we've been building our businesses. And I truly don't think I could have done it without her because of what it truly takes to get this thing off the ground. Um, And then also the person who built my website in branding, he is a friend, actually. His wife is my best friend from college and he was, he's had multiple businesses and he's our age. And he's like, Hannah, like do it. I mean, you know, it's low overhead. Like you could always do it on the side, that type of thing. Well, I'm kind of an all or nothing person and I try to live in the gray, but let's be real. Black and white is still where I live. (laughs) So I started the process to become a contractor with the state or a qualified vendor. I started working with his name, Stanley from 105 West Design, and that made it really real. Like seeing the name I came up with, it felt like I'm doing this. And all at the same time, I was still fulfilling my duties at my job and they didn't know because it just wasn't that type of situation. And when the contract was up, July 23rd, the next day I saw my first private client (laughs) and have been going ever since. I love that so much, right? You really are a woman of action, right? But I also love how the stars were like aligning to tell you to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it was, you know, the hairdresser or your friend, or I just think that that's great. And it sounds like the idea was already in the back of your mind. You just needed like pushes from like a couple different people and different angles, but good for you for going for it. Yeah, I definitely think those nudges were crucial, you know, and then also seeing how supportive people are. And that's what I really like feel a need to give back as well, because when you're starting up, even like the tax accountant and, you know, different things, people were just willing to give their time and help out knowing that, okay, this person is literally just starting up. So that's been really cool part of the process too. Yeah. And people really like to support small businesses. Mm -hmm. So whether you're supporting small businesses like your website designer or people are supporting you through your your private practice, I think people feel good about that, right? People feel good about giving back. So so what is your day-to-day life like these days? Yeah. So one of my biggest things after my first couple jobs starting in my career was I wanted a schedule that worked for me. 
and not just for the work part, but for my family, you know, if we want to grow our family and we want more flexibility. And unfortunately the jobs I had before, there was no flexibility. So I see clients Monday through Thursdays. And then on Friday, I save that for either new evaluations or makeup sessions, which is worked out really well so far. So I'll see kids most in the afternoon. I see kids typically age two to nine-ish, but I can see anyone up to age 21. So I would say I'm typically with clients maybe from noon to five or two to six, you know, Monday through Thursday, just depends. I also don't want to carry a huge caseload, especially because at this point, I do everything. So marketing and brand, (laughs) I have a little help with accounting and things, but otherwise it's basically me. And then my husband supports me emotionally and all of those things. But right now, anything that comes out of roots is from me. So I really want to be available and provide a model of practice, I guess, that is different than the status quo. So um, in the mornings, then when I'm not with clients, that's when I'm doing all of those other things that a business involves, whether that's contacting people for referral sources or working on my paperwork. What else? And I mostly, I focus on Instagram. I don't want to do too many things from some different business coaches. I've learned, you know, focusing on the one thing can be helpful at times. So I really focus on right now providing the best client experience, knowing that someday I also want to add other areas for the business. But as far as this first year, I just want people to feel like they got the value that they paid for when they get services from us. So it sounds like you're a breath of fresh air for your clients. Yes. And for me, right. I think that with burnout being so rampant, like I get so excited working with my families and I've seen progress at a much different rate, I would say, than when I didn't have as much time to truly tailor treatment to what I felt like the clients needed. So that has been a breath of fresh air for everyone, I think. Well, and how could you? How many people did you say were under Kiesler? 97 between seven schools? Yeah, that was my first year. And (laughs) that only lasted two months, luckily, before the next girl came in, but it was still a lot. And then, yeah, I would, you know, see up to 37 kids a week in the clinic setting. And then I was also the team lead. So I had a team of seven therapists and some other duties. When you get a new documentation system and you're leading that and a clinic initiative for supply management and organization. And I realized that I know that I start projects that aren't necessary, but it also feels like I want people to have the best flow in their day. And if we don't have an environment and that's where I think OTs are so strategic and bring so much value to the private practice world and are really great entrepreneurs because we look at the environment and the person and their occupations. And so that even extends into our businesses and our workflows. And that's really what's been fun. I feel like sometimes we get, and I know SLPs feel the same kind of pigeonholed, you know, Oh, oh, OTs do handwriting and speech does R and it's just so limiting compared to the knowledge base that we truly have and would like to use with our clients. (laughs) Totally. And I like what you said earlier. Tell me more because I didn't catch the second word. I think that you said that you do want to do feeding and also was it wellness? Was that the second word that you used? Oh, I think I, when I was just talking about being more holistic. Oh, holistic. Okay. Got it. Yep. 
Well, I think that that's, that's great too, to, you know, start to kind of figure out what it is that you want to, you know, whether you call a specialty or just the kind of clients that you like mm-hmm. to see. So you're only a couple months in at this point, which is amazing, right? You've done so, so well. What's next for you? Yeah. So actually the funny thing about this interview, because we've had it scheduled for a while, is I just got approved through the state actually last Thursday. So you can do the math from whatever May until February. So I actually built up the business so far with one insurance contract and private pay because the state contract took a lot longer than anticipated. So that's already my first learning curve in the business. And so I'm going to, I already have a few clients lined up through that and then I'm going to be full. So now I just want to focus on the next thing is I really have a heart for providing more resources for the community. I'm a yoga teacher. So I really being in the homes and I also have a small office I rent. I see the whole family dynamic and I really want to be able to offer some sort of groups, whether it's for the parents with the restorative yoga and support group for feeding challenges, or if it's something that incorporates the child and the parent. I haven't sorted it out, but that's kind of what I'm looking at next would be expanding from the one-on-one model to um, adding more groups that really bring in siblings, maybe even as peer support, because, you know, a lot of siblings feel left out when they're, you know, sibling gets the attention and therapy one to two times a week or whatever the frequency is. So that, and then we definitely would like to hire some other therapists. I think it would be so great to have just a couple more. Um, at this point, I just want to keep roots really small, but I do miss having a team of people just to collaborate with. I do talk to other therapists every day on the phone, you know, so I, I have that piece, but even just working together and having their vision come out as well, or when we want to do groups, we need more therapists. So (laughs) yeah. You said earlier that you were interested in in leadership and wanting Mm -hmm. to do more leadership in your private practice. So I think that you probably have that natural inclination to not only want to be able to do that, but to be able to do that well, right? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, I need help. I'm drowning, but (laughs) I'm scared to hire or, or whatever. So I think that, you know, there, there does become a point where you have to really make a decision about what to do next. And it sounds like you're, you're going to be at that point sooner than later. (laughs) Right. I didn't expect that. And I do have to give a shout out to my husband. He is in business and is an auditor. And so he has really, I feel like really helped our business be more strategic from the beginning and audits me, you know, and my decisions really. So I think that has helped us. I really don't want to grow too fast. I've seen companies and that just doesn't go well. Um, so that's, I've been really intentional about my next step. So that's so nice of you to say that. I love your energy. Like you really have, have hit the ground running in not a lot of time. You've, you've got a, a full practice or almost full practice and really solid plans for the future. And it does sound like you have wonderful support, mm-hmm. which I think is great from, from your husband, from friends, other people in your community, from listening to the podcast. Hopefully that's also um, helped you. But I'm, I'm just so inspired by how quickly you've had all of this come together. And, you know, you really just feel, or you seem like, I'm sure that there's days that you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you really seem like you really have, put a lot of thought into this. And as you said, you use the word strategic, but are being very strategic about this. I think it's amazing. 
Oh, thank you. And I think one thing that can really help your listeners too is when I was just starting out, I was finishing yoga training and my yoga teacher was like, Hannah, even if you don't have clients for your full week, plan your week as if you work an eight hour day. So I do think, and I don't want people who have kids or who can't dedicate that much time to feel discouraged because even if you have two hours a week, you can make this happen. But of course, the more time you're able to put into, the faster it might grow or the or the sooner you might be able to do the things that you want to do with it. But I really took that to heart from the start. So I would time block. I'd be like, I have no idea who I'm going to contact next in the community. Okay, I'm going to take three hours. And then I would say, I know by the end of this three hours, I need to have figured out the end result is I need to figure out and maybe have even contacted these people. So then I would go on the Feeding Matters website and find a psychologist or find a dietitian, you know, and it was amazing. Like by the end of those hours, I had emailed six people the next morning, heard back from all six. It was like, wow, like if people don't know about you, they won't do business with you. And so I do feel like there has been a large learning curve and every day it does feel like a new job still, because like you said, you're servicing clients and also needing to think about the next step. So, so yeah, (laughs) I think that's incredible. So is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you want to make sure that you share with the listeners? Yeah, I think people really need to focus on themselves prior to opening a business, because I do feel like if you're already inclined to, let's say, have anxiety, or maybe you have other health issues. I've had chronic illnesses for multiple years, and most people don't know that. I'm not very public about it, but it truly is the foundation of my life and why I am so clear on my vision at a young age, because I almost had to quit grad school and was bedridden. And when you're at that point, you just decide that you know what, I've tried this job for a year and I could try it for three years. But if I already know and see like what is available in this position for me and it's not working, then move on. You know, it doesn't mean you're a quitter. It means that you're willing to analyze and be real with yourself. And those decisions suck. I mean, they're hard to do, especially if you're a people pleaser, you know, or don't want to let people down and you miss your clients. But I just think that people really need to hone in on their own mental health and just focus on what they can truly handle. Do they need to clear out some toxic relationships, you know, or start setting some boundaries around their time? Those types of things I feel like were really beneficial for me prior to actually starting the business because you then are putting yourself out there every day. (laughs) And let's just say that the day I wrote my website copy, I put my head under the covers and was like, you know, for five minutes and was like, what am I doing? But then you just get up and move on. So I think if anything, just really examining your own life and your own self and really figuring out how to be your best self in order to then run the business. Because just because you run a business doesn't mean you're not going to be burnt out or run into the same things that you have in the past. And it's funny, like so many of these things are from your past podcast guests, because I remember you talking about, you need to go down the path that leads you to the practice you want. And if you just go down the same path of what you were doing for someone else, you're going to end up in the same spot. So I call that to mind pretty often. Yeah. I think that's important. I think that people 
accidentally lose sight of that, right? Yeah. When you're used to working a certain way, even if you hate it, <laughs> it's really <laughs> hard to change what you know, right? And oh, I think yeah. in, in private practice, you have the option to completely forge your own path, create your own schedule, create what you want your day-to-day to look like. And a lot of people end up getting trapped in replacing something that they didn't like um, for like just having running their practice that way by accident, just because it was habit for them. Right. So I really tell people to start with that from the beginning, which is, which is what you've echoed, but also for people who are listening, who maybe already have practices and who are thinking like, man, things have really gotten out of hand, right? Like I started off with some boundaries but now I'm wearing all of the hats. I'm exhausted. Something has to change because this isn't working, right? So I think that you also have to um, start with yourself in mind, as you said, but also be careful not to lose yourself in the service of others. That I think amazing, yeah. As therapists, we are really inclined to do that. I know I have been very guilty of that over the years and I'm constantly getting myself back in check um, because we, we can't serve others. Like if we're unhealthy or, you know, depressed or like any of those kind of other things. So I think that you're really wise to encourage the listeners to think about themselves first and then the only thing I wanted to add to that is to think about yourself throughout. And that doesn't mean being selfish. It just means making sure that you are at your full capacity to serve. Absolutely. And I think in the end, that is what benefits our clients the most. You know, when we are able to make decisions and show up with a smile and be able to empathize with people who are going through really hard things. Like our families have a lot of dynamics happening, complexities, and especially with the feeding world. I mean, it's constant. It's every day. So I really need to be able to show up to work or my job or my business with all my faculties in order to truly support them and give them what they need in the moment. I think that's a perfect place to wrap up. Thank you, Hannah, for all of, for sharing your experience um, and for also showing people that it is possible to go from interested and curious to up and running to almost full relatively quickly if if you want it to go that way. Yeah. I love it. So where can people find you? You mentioned Instagram. Where can people find you on Instagram or also tell people what your website is? Yeah. So it's all pretty much the same. So my website is www.rootspediatrictherapy.com. And then my Instagram handle is Roots Pediatric Therapy. And same thing on Facebook. Uh, I don't use that as much, but I am more active on Instagram. I like to share tips and helpful things for clinicians and parents. So I would love to connect. I love it. Well, again, thank you for being on the show and thank you again. And also you're the very first OT. So I would love to have some more OTs on the show. I'm sure you know some, um, but I think that it's really nice. I, I like something you said earlier too, which is that, you know, all of these success stories are great to hear no matter what discipline people mm-hmm. are. So Um, I think that there's just so much that we can learn from each other and that's why I do this podcast. So thank you for, you know, not only having the message get through to you, but also for, for sharing that so that I could echo that back to the listeners as well. 
You bet. I'm so glad that you put this out in the world. It always takes courage. So I appreciate it. And I kind of feel like I met a celebrity today talking to you. (laughs) I'm just a normal person, I promise. Right. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Hannah. All right. Sounds good. Bye, Jenna. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned. And I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms and your own time. And yes, make more money. I want to invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track, because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I want to teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part, these trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com, click start or grow, and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.